Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Uh, we're starting our series today, The Christian Mind. <laughs> I know y'all are excited about The Christian Mind, and I know um, Kevin and, and um, Dave did an excellent job um, this past two weeks dealing with the conscience, and we thank God for that, for the conscience and understanding what it is and how it works. So we want to continue along those lines as it relates not to necessarily the conscience, but dealing with, uh, <clears throat> this is a different way to look at the Christian mind, and we'll go, go into some of, the, some of the other elements in the days to come. But today we're going to talk about spiritual appraisal, increasing your value and influence through the kingdoms. All right, that's a long title. <laughs> Spiritual appraisal, increasing your value and influence across kingdoms. Across kingdoms. Amen. How many know that we, we need to increase our value? And we, but before we do that, we need to do a spiritual appraisal. Appraisal simply is the act of judging the nature or value of something or someone. I found myself a while back praying, <clears throat> increase my value. Came from the Spirit of the Lord, never thought about it, never heard anybody. I mean, you, you know, you go to like developments, um, what do you call it, um, professional development, and they talk about increasing your values. Not that I've been to a lot of those. Mm -hmm. But we need to increase our spiritual value, our natural value, as well as the influence that we have. And you, you might say across kingdoms. Notice it just didn't say the kingdom of God. But how many know that there are a few kingdoms in this world? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of man or humanity, then the kingdom of Satan. Those are at least three kingdoms that we know of. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of humanity or mankind, and the kingdom of Satan. Augustine has a book called The City of God. And in this book, that was written many, many years ago, he talks about the city of man. And we, though we are in the kingdom of God, we live in two different kingdoms. There is the reality of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, and then there's the reality of the kingdom of this earth. We live in this world, right? <laughs> and there was a saying back in the day, I don't know if people are still saying it, is to be too heavenly minded is to be no earthly good. I may have heard that before. And, and, that's, and the Spirit of the Lord corrected that in my heart many years ago and says, no, to be heavenly minded is to be earthly good. And what people meant, I know, is to be flaky minded, to be cra crazed, you know, just not insane in the sense of trying to, you know, use all the King James language and, and Christianese, different talks of, of, of the kingdom, and you don't make sense going on the job and speaking in tongues at, at, at conferences or at meetings. You should, <laughs> you are bringing a disgrace to the, to the kingdom of God when you do that. Now, that said, I do pray in tongues and meetings <laughs> and conferences, but under my breath. You know, I don't necessarily, and then sometimes I take authority over the spirit of cussing that's on a, a man or a woman in the meeting. I say, I bind that devil in the name of Jesus. You will cease your, I can't control people, but I can control the spirit that's controlling them. <laughs> And you combine that. And I've been in even Christian conferences where they were against the fullness of the gospel. And I bound the devil. I said, you will not speak about my, against my faith in this conference. And the man who, one particular man who was known for that actually did not say anything about my faith while I was in his services. And so we do, and we'll talk about this hopefully next year. We'll see what the Lord says um, about the authority of the believer. How many know we have authority? And if you're going to increase your value and your influence in this world, 
You're going to have to understand who you are and who God made right. you to be. Right. And you got to walk in it. <laughs> it's not enough to know that you are called to be a believer and have a reign in this life, but you also got to know how to use it. And you need to be exercising your authority on the earth as a son and a daughter, as a husband, as a wife, as, as a parent, as a grandparent, as an employee or an employer, a self-directed entrepreneur. You got you to gotta take authority and reign. God expects us to be vice regents on the earth. He does. He, he expects us. And when he created Adam, and this is not none of this is in my notes. When he created Adam and Eve, he expected them to represent them on the, him on the earth kingdom of God on the earth. Heaven was never meant to be a population for the souls and the spirits of men, but earth was supposed to be a reflection of the heaven. Amen. And it was supposed to be a duplication of heaven. And God wanted, because if God wanted humanity in heaven the way that some believe, then he would have made Adam in heaven. But he wanted an earth to represent him. And we know that this earth is going to pass away and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. And someone was like, well, I just want to go to heaven. Heaven. Well, you know, I want to go to heaven and we should want to go to heaven. But it's not enough to just want to go to heaven and be heaven because we're not going to live there forever. We're going to, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And, the, and John said this, that I saw a new Jerusalem coming down as a bride. <laughs> before the groom come into the earth. So, so God's kingdom will be both heaven and earth. Amen. 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 <laughs> that is, none of that is my notes. And if I would have thought about it, I would not have mentioned that because then it, it picks up a lot of questions. What do you mean? What do you mean? You're not going to, you know, I want to populate heaven so that God's will could be done both in heaven and earth because eventually we're going to reign and rule together with Jesus. Amen. And you're preparing and you're training to be a ruler, to be a reign. And there are some who have a greater authority in, in, when we go into that afterlife because of what they've learned here on the earth. This is just a rehearsal. <laughs> this is, you know, I, I'm thinking about, I'm, 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 I'm seeing as a little boy, uh, there was these commercials on BET, and, and every Sunday I used to look at Bobby Jones' Gospel. I used to look at um, Apostle Fred Price and Kenneth Copeland every single Sunday, especially Sunday night, because Sunday morning we had to get ready for church. And I remember as my grandma and Bishop G.E. Patterson, so my grandma was penning this song while we're getting ready for church. And I remember, well, I think it was afterwards, that later that night, um, I remember there was a quartet, um, uh, what is it? On the commercial. And they were singing, Oh, this is just a rehearsal. And I'm like, what are they talking about? I don't even like that reason, you know, in my head. But now I come to realize that many, many, many moons ago, later, that we are in a rehearsal. Yeah. You know, the, the way that you, you're going to be rewarded in heaven, and everyone is not going to get the same rewards, contrary to the popular belief. We will be rewarded according to what we've done in this life. I mean, some people are just, just happy to make it in, but we should be more than a survivor. More, we're more than conquerors. It's one thing to conquer this world. God never called us to conquer this world. He called us to overcome it and to receive what Jesus did because Jesus conquered it and gave us the victory. So therefore, we are more than conquerors. Conquerors are people who go and conquer. Jesus has already done the work and gave us the keys to reign as victors. None of that was in my notes. We prayed for utterance and God gave it to us. <laughs> Amen. So we're talking about spiritual appraisal, increasing your value across the kingdoms, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the earth, and even the kingdom of darkness. The more valuable you are, in the kingdom of God, the more valuable you are in the kingdom of Satan. <laughs> and when we talk about value, I'm not talking about that the fact that God loves or you're trying to increase his love for you. That is not what I'm talking about. We all have different values at our jobs, right? 
you are worth a certain amount of your salary. Whatever you're getting paid, that's what your company thinks of you. The value that they believe you bring to the company. All right? And so that doesn't mean that you are more important than the next employee, but that just means that what you have is more valuable to that organization. And so when I talk about spiritual appraisal, increasing our value and influence across the kingdoms, I'm not talking about trying to get God to love me more, but to walk in or to strengthen our skills, our spiritual skills, as well as our natural skills to increase our worth or our availability for God to use us more. My dad sat down with me years ago, and um, I, I didn't quite understand this statement, but he, he, he was like, I was, I, I've always wanted to go to college after high school, and, and I was thinking about it, and, and, and I decided to go to Bible college, and at the time, my mom was not in agreement. She wanted me to do the traditional four years, and, and, I, and my dad was like, you need to follow what God has placed in your heart and trump all opinions. And so he was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to the school that doesn't have a credit, accredited program. It looked foolish to the world. But how many know it's accredited now? <laughs> but at the time, it didn't make sense to go to this school that you were only going to get a diploma that was only valuable in that organization. So I began to, so he says, because, you know, in my mind, thinking about ministry, I knew God would call me to ministry, that if I just sit and, and serve in my local church and pray and, and, and read and study on my own, then I could go into ministry. And that is a way in which some do. But some of us need schooling. <laughs> some of us need discipline. And so he said, the more you know, the more God can use you. That, that was different where I, was, I grew up in a church where they made fun of people with PhDs. They call it post-hole diggers. And, <laughs> and I'm like, what the devil? You know, they educate, you know, the cemetery, like seminary, but seminary. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I didn't understand it. And I, I think I, under, I understand it a little bit more now that they, that's, you know, uh, Oral Roberts says, get your learning, but to keep your burning. You know, don't lose your fire and your passion in the midst of becoming heady for God's glory. And so he says, the more you know, the more God can use you. That, you know, it, 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 in other words, you become more valuable to God yes. in this earth. Yes. Yes. That said, he began to tell me, think about Paul and think about Moses. They both had the best education of their day. And guess what? God used them to write majority of the scriptures that we know of. <laughs> he couldn't use necessarily Peter, who had a lower education. Peter only has two epistles, right? And then he dictated Mark, the gospel of Mark, to one of his mentees. But Paul, on the other hand, wrote two, over two-thirds of the New Testament, and Moses wrote the law, and then some believe he wrote Job, and there's a couple Psalms in there. And so you see, he was, he was raised up in Pharaoh's house, got the best education. How, how, how wise is our God? They were after to kill him, and his parents, his mom, says, we're going to put him down and float him down this river, and we're going to let Pharaoh's daughter get a hold of him, and he's going to be raised as well as Pharaoh's and get the best education of that day, and then God's going to turn around and call him at, at 40 to be a leader in his kingdom, and then to write the narrative of the creation story to write the laws of God, to go up and receive the Ten Commandments as we know them. But he would not have done that if he had gone the normal route. So his value was increased because he learned and he grew. So how many know we need to increase? I'm not saying we're not, to, we're not called to know everything. 
thank God. But we're called to know what God has called us to know. And if we can grow in what God has called us to grow in, then we become more valuable in the hands of God. That said, let's go to the scriptures. Appraisal is the act of judging the nature or the value of something or someone. You should always want to add value to people. You should always, that, that, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. So the people that, that you are in their life, not necessarily people in your life, but people that you're in their life, are you adding value to them? <laughs> are you adding something to them? How do you know if a, if a thing is from God or not? If, if, if a, a material thing, a, a person or a, or a job or opportunity, if it's going to add to you and there'll be no regrets or no sorrows, it is of the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. You know, if you get a car and you get approved for that nice car, would that pay, those payments be a burden or would it be the easiest thing you paid off? <laughs> so you got to think, you got to change the way you think when you, you're saying, okay, should I take this job or should I take, I should not take this job? Will this job take away from you spiritually? Will this job take you away from the Lord's gathering of his people? Will this job make me so busy that I neglect my family? You got to look at those things. Okay. Uh, so you should always look to add value to people add value to your job, add value to your family. How many know you should want to add to your family? Amen. You should be a blessing to your parents, to your brothers, your sisters, your cousins, <laughs> your uncles and aunts. What, can I, what value do I have to bring to my family? Also, add value to your, your job, your employment, your employer, and then adding value to the world, adding value to the world. All right, so let's, let's, let's dive into this a little bit more. Did I tell you the chapter, the book? Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> There's, uh, I have a lot, probably more than we can cover. Um, spiritual appraisal, increasing your value and influence across kingdoms. Let's, let's take a look at a few things. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 9. Actually, let's just go to 2 Timothy 2, and we'll come back to this, maybe. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're talking about spiritual appraisal. You think about uh, uh, that just a natural appraiser, right? You, when you go and purchase a home, you, you pay for an organization or a company or a person, appraiser, to come through that, your house and, get, and, and appraise the value of your house, right? And they will say, well, you can get X amount of dollars for this house. Or, as we did, we saw that the value of our home increased during, during the pandemic. But prior to that, I was speaking to the value of our house. I need to get back on it. But, but, but I began to say, in the name of Jesus, I speak to the value of this house as well as the, house of the, the, the homes in this community, and I command the value of this community to increase. And one realtor told us that more houses have been sold in our community than, than, a, than in a very long time. But I did that years before that became a reality. So through my prayers and my faith confessions, I added value to our community without anyone knowing it besides my wife and now you. I know you can, you can increase your influence without people knowing your name. So when we're talking about influence, being an influencer, we're not talking about having the, the great, a great number of, of followers on social media. <laughs> that, that's that's low-level influence. I'm talking about having some serious influence that will change the trajectory of people and generations to come. 
when you, when you become such an influence on your kids, you may not have a million people following you and a, a, a voice, but Johnny D. Dixon had an influence on you without even you ever meeting him, some of y'all. Or Mama Gussie Turner, Debbie Turner's, Belle's mother. Um, Kenneth E. Hagen is having an influence on you, and you, you never met the man. You, 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 are you seeing this? That Smith Wigglesworth is having an influence on you, and you never met John Calvin, and, and Augustine is having, come on, influence, influence. Catherine Kuhlman, influence. These men and women, Billy Graham, influence. And so you, you, we, we got to go beyond just the social media presence. Your, your prayers could, could add value <laughs> in the lives of your lineage or your, your family line way before you, I mean, long after you're gone. People still can be feeling the effects of your prayer life <laughs> generations after you're gone. <laughs> we, we don't know what, just like a negative influence, right? Uh, um, so, pat, I mean, Curses and, and, and soul patterns that, are, that have affected our forefathers and foremothers are affecting us, right? <laughs> Things that they did. You know, I'll give you an example. My grandmother, I, I did this unconsciously, but I saw her growing up when she makes like something like a cake or something. She always put like oil at the, on, on the, on the, the pan. And, and, and warm it up. And then she'll take the cake and put it inside there. Well, I've been doing this just out of, just as a little boy, seeing them do that. And my wife said, you don't have to do that anymore. We have, we have a pan that doesn't require you to, to, be, to have the butter or the oil on it. But still, in my stubborn mind, I'm still putting a little oil on it. And it's like you're, 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 you're cooking the brownie before it needs to be cooked. <laughs> you're baking it while you put it in there because And I don't know if I like that. <laughs> but, but sometimes we do things, and, and the people before us are impacting us from the grave. And so you, 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 you add values through your prayers, through your faith, through the way you walk, the way that you, you, you care for your children. Je Mary has had an influence on us more than we want to admit. The Catholic Church took it to another level. <laughs> but Mary poured her life into serving the Son of God, being the best mom, and preparing him for the death for our salvation. That, that's Mary. That, we, we're going we're gonna to praise God for Mary. Not, we're, we're not going to pray to Mary, but we're going to pray like Mary prayed. Because Mary was in the upper room receiving the Holy Ghost and spoken tongues. So we're going to pray like Mary prayed. And we're going to acknowledge, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And, you know, thank God for this, this, this birth of the Son of God who changed everything. The most expensive day on earth. <laughs> what, what was that? Between... The, the birth of Christ, the death and the resurrection, the expensive days on the earth that changed the whole course of the heavens and the earth. Jesus' life, his death, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and in essentially all affected us in many ways. And so we see we, 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 we want to add value, value to this world. And how do you add value? By becoming who God made you to be. And so that leads me to go back to Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32. Let's go there. I got to watch my time. <laughs> Deuteronomy 32. Oh, we don't have two services anymore. My bad. <laughs> so I can preach to 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> 32 verse 9. <laughs> Who would still be standing? <laughs> Who's on the Lord's side? <laughs> Deuteronomy 32, verse 9, it says, But the Lord's portion is who? His people. And Jacob, his allotted heritage. So, but the Lord's portion is his people. All right, let, let's keep that in mind. And let's go to Proverbs 10, verse 7. The Lord's portion is is his people. One time I was struggling with suicidal thoughts. 
And I was praying, not necessarily, well, actually, no, I never struggled with suicide thoughts. I, I was, the thoughts of wanting to die, because in my mind, if I committed suicide, I was going to hell. So there was no way for me to calculate how can I kill myself and still go to heaven. So I never struggled with suicidal thoughts. I struggled with the, 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 the prayers of asking God to take me early. All right, that's different, right? Suicidal thoughts. I wasn't looking to kill myself. One, if it didn't work, then I would have a messed up face, a messed up body. That was vain. <laughs> no, but I was like, I'm not going to kill myself. <laughs> you ain't going to see, you know, and I'm not making light of that, but that was where my mind was. Instead, I prayed, Lord, take me out. All right? All right, so I'm going somewhere. Proverbs chapter 10. What does that have to do with increasing your right? Okay, Proverbs 10. Okay, I'm going to look at this. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 7. It says, the memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. This not, it's not talking about your memory in the sense of your memory, like I have a, I have a very sharp memory. I can remember places and, and not necessarily times and dates, but I can remember things. I can, when I'm reading books, I can remember the page number and I can remember what's on it. And I, and I can remember music and I can remember who sung it and I remember what was going on. I can remember the producers and, 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 the, and the, um, those who played instruments on it and the background singers. And, I, and I, I, I study those things, right? And I have a memory. I can remember stuff, right? All the time. But here... This has nothing to do with that, but it's just the memory of the righteous. The, 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 the thinking about the righteous is blessed. What, what is that talking about? It's, it's blessing. It's a blessing, the memory of the righteous. So when you think about a righteous man or woman who really serve God, the memory of them is a blessing. And then there's a scripture that says, how precious is the death of one of God's saints. So in my mind that not necessarily suicidal, but praying to die early, in one of those prayers encounters with God when I was praying that, and the Lord says, if, you, if I was to take you, you will be aborting what I have for you. And I saw, I had a mini vision of me going to heaven early, and the Lord is saying, you're not supposed to be here right now. You, you, you arrive too early. I have some things that I, I want you to do, and you, you're, you're, you're up here too early. And think about the works of God in our lives and all that he poured, in, poured into us so far. Why would you, it would be a waste for you to die before you were supposed to without fulfilling those things that he's placed inside of you. In other words, when you leave early, that affects things in a negative sense that it shouldn't. What scriptures you have? I'm glad you asked. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. For those who may be struggling about what's my purpose, I don't know, I just want to leave here. Um, Philippians chapter 1, and let's look at verse 20. It says, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. How many know that Christ should be honored in our bodies? Whether we die or live, God forbid, when you die, you have negative things coming out about you. What a disgrace. The memory of the wicked is, is, a, is rotten, but the memory of the righteous is a blessing. So let, uh, let us leave a legacy that when we're dead, that it's a blessing when people think about us. So let's look at this. Uh, verse 21, for to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. So for us to live in this world, we're talking about spiritual appraisal, right? Increasing your value. The more Christ lives his life through me, the more valuable I am in this world, in the kingdom of God, and the value, more valuable I am in, in the kingdom of darkness. Are you a threat to the kingdom of darkness? 
Does the kingdom of darkness, when, they, when it thinks about you, just says, oh, they're not going to do anything. They're too passive. They don't have a prayer life. They barely read the scriptures. They don't live anything. They're living like everybody else. There's no impact. They get up, go to work, come home, eat, watch television, pay bills, and do the recycle all over again. And that's their life. I'm thinking about the movie, like the bee movie that came out several years ago. And it was like this cycle of the bees. They know they graduated from high school and they, they were excited and then they go to work and then they you know, go sleep, eat, and, and then they just do the same thing for 50, 60 years. God has more for you than you working at your job. While you're at your job, you should add some value that when you're gone, they're going to miss you. They're going to miss your influence. They're going to miss your prayers. Your prayers are keeping coronavirus from, from coming to the place. Your prayers is increasing the job. Your prayers is increasing. God will bless a job because you're there. Joseph is an example. God blessed Potiphar's house because Joseph was working. Joseph was there. So will, will God, bless you? God will bless your family line because you're there. Your prayers are keeping family members alive. Are, are you with me? So, so, so you're adding value to family members, to your church, to your job, to this world, adding value to it. When you become all that God made you to become, you're going to add value to it. And we, to understand that the scripture says that we are his inheritance. We are his inheritance. All right. Let's go to Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. We're talking about spiritual appraisal, increasing your value and influence across the kingdoms. Now, I'm not making light of the, the fact that you might have a million followers on Instagram. I'm not making light of that. If, if that's what God has for you, go for it and do it well and represent the kingdom of God. Amen. Don't 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 mistreat your favor. Don't mishandle your favor. Be a good steward over the favor that God has given you. Are you with me? Be a good, good faithful, faithful steward. Be careful about sharing your, your influence. Be careful about sharing your favor. That, that's important. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell this story real quick that happened to us recently. I was in Florida for a couple weeks, and Courtney came down and hijacked my, my time, which was great. Oh, I think that was the only time we've been away since the kids been born was just the two of us, more than a day. <laughs> and so we're, we're there, and, and so we're trying to come back to Jersey because um, she, she, she was going to be singing with Maverick City, and we we're trying to get back in time, and they canceled our, our flights. And so we're praying. I mean, we're just kind of like, man. And so I'm thinking, so, you know, Courtney's doing her thing, and I'm thinking, like, maybe I can just, just drive a rental car home. I said, 17 hours? I don't know if we could get it back in time for a concert. And plus, we're going to be tired, and, and I had to rush her right to the concert with driving for 17 hours. So I was like, mm, that's not going to work. And so I'm like, oh, man, how can we do this? And so they canceled our flight, then reinstated the council and reinstated. And so we're in line. They, we were in line to, to try to get it correct, and they pulled us out of line, told us, get out of line. We go to the kiosk, and it wasn't acting right. They say, you can come back on Sunday. You can come back on Wednesday. I'm like, no, that's not what's going to happen. And so we're like, okay. And so we're just kind of like, you know, we're at Miami Airport. And so we're there. And so Courtney's talking to a young man. And I'm just, I got the mask on. I said, God, I thank you. Thank you that patience is working in me. So let's begin to develop patience. I thank you that patience is working in me. And so I just began to embrace the force, whatever you want to call it, the fruit, the grace of patience. Yes. I receive patience. Thank you, Lord. My patience. I, I, got, I, I don't want to say I got the patience of Job. Lord knows. But I got patience. <laughs> the patience of Jesus. <laughs> Maybe that's a little better because Job went through some horrible things. <laughs> Lord, I thank you. I embrace this patience. I thank you, Lord, this patience. And so, you know, instead of me, me um, um, anxious, I just allow patience to have her perfect work. So, so, so I was like praying, Lord, let patience have her way in me now, God, because I, I want the other thing to have its way. But Lord, let patience. And I just begin to take, think about James 1. Lord, let patience have her perfect work in me. 
Thank you, Lord. I embrace patience. Thank you for the, and I'm just praising God for patience working in me. Oh, God, I'm not anxious. Oh, God, I thank you. I'm content. In whatever state, S-T-A-T-E, whatever state I find myself in, I'm in Florida, whatever state <laughs> I'm in, I find myself content. Oh, God, I've learned the secret. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, and I can stand as long as I have to stand in these lines, and I can be patient, and I can be kind, and love is the fruit of my life. And I thank you that I will not speak words of, of doubt and unbelief and murmuring and complaining. And God, I, I just praise you. And I begin to pray in tongues under the mask. That's one thing about the mask. Oh, God, oh, she called her by, and I was like, who they be kissing all about that? I walk or she the Asian, and I didn't close my eyes. I was just like, he's going to be sold over the kissing. I think, and then I start claiming favor. I thank you that you surround me like a shield with favor. We have favor everywhere we go. We're tithers, and we, we can claim favor. The favor of God is upon us. I thank you that when people come in contact, I'm saying this on my mask, when people come in contact with us, I thank you they come in contact with the favor of God first. And I thank you and I praise you. And so, the, so Courtney's doing her thing. She's operating her grace. She's, you know, I, I, my grace is a little bit different, but her grace is she's going to get to the root problem real quicker, much quicker than I am. I may be patient. I might have been on the next flight. But she, she was making sure she was doing her thing. And she was like, you know, it doesn't really make sense. We, you know, we were in the line. She wasn't complaining. She was kind of expressing her concerns. She's like, well, you can come back, go tomorrow. It's like, we can't do this. I got to be in Philly tomorrow. I'm thinking with Chandler Moore and Naomi. <laughs> I know you just say that, but I'm thinking. <laughs> and so she goes on and she's explaining to the, to the um, she wasn't saying that to the people. I'm thinking that, right? So she, she's, she's saying it to him. And then all of a sudden he says, well, I, I'll see what I can do. Here's my, give me your license. Pay attention to me. And when you see me not come over, and so he's, but she's, but he, he said, I'm not sure if this is going to work. And it's, in the meantime, I'm just worshiping God and I'm thanking God for favor. I'm thanking God for patience. So I, I kind of resolved that I have favor, but I also was using my faith that it's going to work out for our good. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you for going to get on this flight. I thank you, Lord. But at the same time, I was content. That's kind of hard to kind of like, Discern to be content and at the same time aggressive with your faith. So I'm like, I thank you, I praise you. So I'm looking at him, Courtney's talking to me, and I'm looking at him like a hawk. And I'm just like looking at everything, every movement. And I'm like, mm hmm. And she's just talking to him, and it's like Charlie Brown. Like, mm -hmm, yeah, uh huh. And I'm looking at him, and then all of a sudden he, he's like, and so at the time, Courtney was shared, talking to a man. He was in a situation, but he's trying to go to Minnesota. She said, well, we'll see what we can do about you. I was like, Courtney, we got to get, let's find, let's get, I'll settle. And then all of a sudden, I heard the words, don't share your favor. Don't share your favor. So we go over there, and, um, and the man was like, what, I looked, I don't know if you saw, but he looked back at us like, what about me? <laughs> and, and so anyway, we got we go out there and and he he's working, he's doing his thing, and we get on the flight. I mean, we get get go to the gate and pass all these people, and all of a sudden, I just like that, I got a revelation that this young man was an instrument of favor. I never saw it that way. Just all of a sudden, I got the revelation. I don't know what his spiritual state was or is. But that at that moment, and what God has given you and what God gives you is not for everybody. You're not to share what God gives you with everybody. There's something, if God blesses you with a certain amount of money, it's not always for you to go and give that money to somebody else. You got to learn to operate in what you have. You, you understand? So don't, share, don't be so quick. To share your faith. We need to give. Yes, give. I believe in giving. I believe in sowing and blessing people. But when God blesses you with something, it's not always for you to go around sharing it with everybody. That's not a good steward. You got to get the wisdom of when to share and when not to share. If God opens a door for you, you don't always have to bring everybody with you because there are doors that it's only designed for you. Don't, be, be careful about, you know, let me get in this job and I'm going to get you in. I'm going to get my cousins in. No, 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 no. Let, let, let me seek the wisdom of God to see who I need to share it with. Sometimes God sets you up so you can be a blessing to the nations. Other times it's your nation. 
right? It's not always for everybody else. It's not always. So I don't know who I'm speaking to, but be careful about sharing your favor because you're going to mess up your favor by sharing your favor. You're going to be disqualified. God's favor is not earned, but you can position yourself to receive it. Worship puts you in a position to receive the favor. Giving positions you to receive the favor. You know what I'm saying? So there are certain things. So what, what you have done to receive the favor is not what the other person have done to receive it. And sometimes you mess up their process by trying to be, by sharing your favor with them. Because they're not ready for it. When God called, bids a man, to, a man or a woman to come, he's opened the door for that man or that woman, but it doesn't answer me all their friends around them. And sometimes you disrupt the process of what God is bringing them through when you, go, you do it prematurely. There's times that you're not called to feed everybody that you see who has the sign up. The Bible says if a person doesn't work, they shouldn't eat. And you disrupt the workings of God by feeding a lazy person. I'm preaching it better than y'all saying amen. I'm telling you, don't disrupt the process. See, you don't know what we've been through. You don't know what the other person went through. And so, so when you see God gives, give them favor and give them a platform, you don't know the process of get, building their character to get them there. And sometimes by opening the door for other people, you disrupt the process of God in their life. Stop messing with God's work. Discern when it is the Lord and when it is not. Everything, everything good is not always God. Amen. 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 Yeah. So if, <laughs> Ephesians 1.18 talks about that the prayer that we pray, it says that we are, um, that the, there's an inheritance that the Lord has given his people. All right. So my time is, is coming to end. And um, the more you understand how valuable, let's go to Ephesians 1. My wife says, take my time. Ephesians 1, that doesn't mean I'm going to preach all of it today. Ephesians 1, Ephesians chapter 1, this is what we prayed earlier. Ephesians 1, and let's look at this. Sometimes we interrupt the process with our kids by giving them everything that we didn't have. Don't be careful of that. Because everything you have, they can't, they, they can't handle right now. They can't handle a car right now. They can't handle marriage right now. They can't handle the responsibility. And the shows that you watch, they can't handle right now. Come on, you, you as a Christian can discern the good and the bad. And there, as a young Christian, receiving everything has been correct. So, so be careful about... Opening doors before it's supposed to be open. The, there's a scripture both in Malachi and in Revelation. It says the, the Lord says, "I open door and I close doors. I open doors that no man can close, and I close doors." A lot of times we open, we open the door. I'm in the open heaven. Sometimes there's a closed heaven. Sometimes there's a closed door, and God is just as much behind that than He is, like He is on, um, behind the open doors. Discern the process of God. Discern and learn because God is building character in you. And if God put, if you get out, if you get out there before your character is built, that opportunity will destroy you. Too much too soon. Think about naturally some of the little kids who became celebrities. Too much too soon. It's not always God because, the, because you, your, your kid might have a, a gift for acting. But what about all the people and all the influence and learning the different personalities and take on, taking on the personalities of, these, of, of the screen set? And then the person is confused when they get older because they don't know who they are. I don't know where that came from, but that just came out. There's none of them. But it's too much too soon. And the same with leadership. We talked about leadership. Putting a, lead, a person in leadership too soon could be very uh, destructive. So let's discern. Don't feed everybody. 
Don't give everybody money. Don't let people borrow money all the time. Don't sow into every ministry or every individual. Learn how to discern, Lord, what do you want me to do? Every door is not God behind it. Recognize the closed doors. Lord, I, I, I'll stay in silence. Lord, I thank you for the silent years. I thank you for the silent season when no one knows my name because you can deal with those issues that will come up later on if, if I get that opportunity. Thank you for closing every door. Come on, let's praise God for every door closed. Thank you for closing every door. Thank you, Father, for not, not letting that thing that I most desire come to pass, God. Thank you, Lord. I submit to the workings of God. Thank you, Lord. I, I praise you. Some people, are, oh, I want to get married. I want to get, thank God that you're not married now. Oh, God, thank God for protecting you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. There, there are rejections. Uh, and, and you heard me say it a lot of times, but really sometimes, not all the times, rejection is really God's protection. Different individuals getting jobs and they don't get that job. Thank God they didn't get the job because they would open a door for something else. So be careful. Learn to embrace the workings of God. Spiritual appraisal, right? Increasing the value, your value and your, your influence is recognizing the workings of God. Now, he has me right, right where he wants me. He's working on me. He's changing me. He's putting me. And we were singing last night at, at the Maverick City um, concert, and they were singing Refiner's Fire. Refiner's fire. And I'm singing it and I'm getting, and the fear of God hits me and he says, You don't know what you're praying. Because singing is a form of prayer. Yes, it is. Yes, you don't know what you're praying. I'm like, What do you mean? Lord, put me through the fire. Oh, what was the lyrics? Um, <laughs> I want to be concerned. And I'm, I'm singing this because the lyrics are up. And, and, and the Lord says, You don't know what you're praying. You know, you, you want to go through my fire? And I was like, oh, God. And so it just, it checked me. So, oh, and I, I stopped. I, God is my witness. I stopped singing it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go ahead. <laughs> they sing it. And they out there, they're like, <laughs> when they cry, the fire, the refiner's fire. I'm like, mm, thank you, Lord. Mm, thank you. Mm, mm. <laughs> Seriously, that is a true story. That happened last night. And I was like, mm, yeah. Oh, thank you. Mm. Ah, mm -hmm. All right. You don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> that one word changed my whole concert. Yeah. I was paying attention to every word. You know, I go to the nations. Oh, will I go to the nations? You know, Uganda really spoiled me because I had a, I had a bodyguard. And it was, you know, I wasn't in a cut. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm a missionary. Yeah, in that setting, it's comfortable. <laughs> You know, they fed me good. I mean, I mean, I didn't see no snakes. I mean, it was just really, really good time. I was working out with the African pastors, you know, and, and I'm sweating, and, you know, and, and they thought I was African. They really would think I'm from African now because my shade got darker, you know. But one young man, his name is David, he's like, you're not African because you're fat. <laughs> I said, I'm going to be in shape, David. Next time I come, you're going to see me. All right, I'm going to keep you to that PD. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> Add value to your church. Understand. So the more Ephesians 1, let's, let's look at this real quick. Ephesians 1 and this prayer that you hear me pray every single time, almost every single time that I preach, right? There's Ephesians 1, 16, 17 through 23. The reason I do that because the Lord told me to do it. He says, pray this prayer every time you preach and have the people to minister to me, and they'll get more out of your sermon than all your preparation. And that's why I do it every single time. I don't always do the ministering part, but I try to. Right. Ephesians 1, I just gave you my secret. Ephesians 1, 18 says, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. And this is the part. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? I believe that we have an inheritance, but here it's talking about the Lord's inheritance. Let's not get it twisted. We have an inheritance, but here it's talking about the Lord's inheritance. You know how, how, how self, selfish we are? Me-centered. I have an inheritance, and I love that song, different songs. We have inheritance in Christ, but this is talking about the Lord's inheritance. Let's look at it. 
that we may know, this is what Paul is praying for F, the church of Ephesus. This is what PD is praying for the church at KLM. That we are, that we would know what are the riches or what are the values of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So what are you praying? You're praying that God will allow you to know how valuable you are in the kingdom of God. That's what you pray every time you pray every single week. That the eyes of my heart will be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of his, in his inheritance and his, and his glorious inheritance in the saints? I'm praying, or we're praying, that we will know how valuable we are to the Lord. We really don't know how valuable we are to the Lord. The more you understand how valuable you are to the Lord, the more valuable you will be to the body of Christ in the world. Let me say it again. The more you understand how valuable you are, the more valuable you become to the world and the body of Christ. And but it's the other way around. The body of Christ in the world. So when you know who you are and you know how much God loves you, then you can walk in who God made you to be and you become valuable to this world, to the body of Christ. Amen. Understanding, getting the revelation of how valuable you are. How valuable are you? You're so valuable, he sent Jesus for you. He's so, you're so valuable, he sent the Holy Spirit to enforce the work of Christ in your life. You're so valuable that your citizenship is not in this earth, but it's in the kingdom of God. You're so valuable that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You're so valuable that Jesus endured the cross for you. Let me give you two more scriptures. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. So the first assessment, appraisal, the spiritual appraisal, or the first way to understand how to increase your value and influence across kingdoms is to understand how valuable you are to the Lord. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, looking to Jesus. Everybody say, looking to Jesus. You should always look to Jesus. Every, every day, I look to you, Jesus. Looking to Jesus. When you're going through cri the crisis of life, look into Jesus. We're so quick to look to our accounts. We're so quick to look to our jobs, our opportunities. Look to Jesus. When you're going through, look to Jesus. Like Peter was sinking, look into Jesus. Broke his fall. When you're falling, look to Jesus, and Jesus will break your fall. That's a sermon within itself. Looking to Jesus. Just, and, and King James says, considering Jesus. So have you considered Jesus today? Oh, God. When you're going through and you're feeling low, I consider Jesus. Oh, thank you. And you start, you're shouting over the fact that God so loved the world. So look into Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Here we says, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. Jesus looked, looked for the joy, the joy. That was his motivation. The joy, the joy. Who's the joy? We are. We are his joy. We are the reason he went to the cross. He didn't go to the cross for God in the sense of I'm going because God messed up, the Father messed up. He went to the cross because we messed up. So for the joy. Okay, one last scripture and go with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. I didn't really mean for this to be a part 2. So this is going to be a part 2 under the Christian mind. We'll, we'll look at the other ones later. Philippians chapter 2. This is my last scripture for the day. Philippians chapter 2. And let's go to, I'm going to tell you the verse in a minute. Philippians chapter 2, and let's look at verse 19. It says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by the news of you. 
for I have no one. This is the Apostle Paul, and this is one of his last letters that he wrote before he died. He says, I have no one like him. Out of all the people and all the people that he mentored, and how many know he had a serious anointing? The Apostle Paul had the anointing. He had the revelations of in him realities. He had the revelation of, of the redemption of what God did in Christ, right? He had that revelation. That's what he wrote about. He says, I had no one like him. I have some, but I have no one like him. So this is, so let's look at it. Who will be generally concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their what? Own interests, 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 and not those of who? Jesus Christ. And so, what are the interests of Jesus Christ? People. The kingdom of God. Pleasing the Father. So if you want to increase your value, you got to understand how valuable you are to God, and then you must learn his interests. When you have his interests on your mind, he'll move all heaven to get to you. He'll back, heaven will back you up because you have heaven's interests. Sounds like Matthew chapter 6. Seek first the kingdom of God. Some people, they seek the kingdom last. Seek first. Make this a priority. Make this of the most importance in your life. You want to become valuable in the kingdoms? Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek, don't seek the, king, the earthly kingdom first, but seek the heavenly kingdom first. Put the kingdom of God as your primary focus. As you go throughout your day, think about the kingdom of God. Am I representing the kingdom on this job? Am I representing the kingdom in my family? Am I representing the kingdom in my community? Am I representing the kingdom at my church? Am I living out the kingdom? The interests of Jesus will cause your value to increase. It will, it will literally skyrocket your value. The more you're concerned with what he's concerned with, the more your value increases. And you become a threat to the devil. You can expect the more you understand who God is and who you are in God, the more that Satan and the attacks will be upon you because you become a threat. He'll let you live your life as American dreams, but when you become the kingdom dream, if you, once you get the kingdom dreams, then you become a threat. You become valuable. And I pray when I preach, Lord, and when I live, make me valuable. Make me usable. Not just use me, but make me usable. Yes, yes. Make me usable. May I be usable in your kingdom. May I be that sword. May I be that mouthpiece. May I, may I be that intercessor. May I, see, a lot of times people love to have the name intercessor. Oh, I'm an intercessor at the church. <laughs> You're right. You don't have to tell nobody. Don't announce that you're an intercessor. Just intercede. There's a young man, when I was much younger, and I was like 19 or 20, and I saw him. He was a minister in the church, got married. They bought a house, and then he went on like one of them shows and told his business that he was molested and all this other stuff, and then he decided to leave his wife and go into, um, go into homosexuality. And so I'm driving through Philly on the way home from the concert last night, and he came in my spirit, and I began to pray, Lord, give him a revelation of homosexuality. God, may he see what it really is. God, I pray, for, and I began to intercede for this wonderful man of God. I said, God, oh, where, and it's, it's been decades, well, not decades, but like maybe a decade, and I'm, I begin to pray for him, and, and never, and, but he'll, he might not ever know that I prayed for him. Praying for people, you don't have to let them know you're praying for them. Do it when God leads you, but don't, you don't have to let them know, I'm praying for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's praying for me. Yeah, <laughs> she's praying for me. No, you pray in secret, and God rewards you openly by answering that prayer in that person's life. And, you, and they, don't even, they, don't, they will never know your prayers got them through. 
<laughs> Amen. Amen. How many want to increase your value and your influence? You can, wherever you are right now, you can increase it through your prayers, through your lifestyle, and by understanding how valuable you are to God. God, you really value me. Not out of pride, but out of humility. I'm valuable to you. I am who you, who, who you say I am. I know who I am. There's not enough people who know who they are. And the people of God really know who they are. Not the world. The world will never know who they are because they got to get with the maker. But if you're saved, you, can, you know who you are. Or at least you're on the way of knowing who you are. Do you know who you are today? Do you know how valuable you are? Yes, we are, slave, we are sons and daughters who serve, who choose to be a slave to the master. But we are not slaves of God in the sense of he's forcing us. But we are a bond servant. By the act of our will, we serve as slaves. But we know we're sons and daughters. Are you with me? He's Lord. He's master. And I know who I am. Say, I know who I am. Come on, say it with authority. I know who I am. When you ever, the devil try to mess with your mind and your identity, I know who I am. Devil, I know who I am. World, I know who I am. You're not going to suggest those things to me. I'm not a statistic. <laughs> oh, your marriage. You're not a statistic. 50% of the marriages end up in divorce. We're not a statistic. We are, we are more than conquerors. We have heaven on earth in our marriage. We have godly kids. We have employees um, that, that represent, we treat well our employees. And then we are a plural, you know, the other way around, you know, uh, we serve our employer well. Amen. We serve our community, our church. Come on, let's rise up and let's increase our value. Let's increase our influence. I'm not talking about increasing your popularity. I'm talking about increasing your true value, increasing your true influence. Say, I can get more done than the richest man on the earth if he don't know Jesus. He doesn't know Jesus. But I, because I know him, I can pray. I can pray heaven down on the earth. Oh, God, we can pray away this coronavirus. Oh, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Oh, we, if, 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 if Elijah can pray and for it not to rain for three years, surely men and women who are born again, and Elijah wasn't even born again because it wasn't available to him because he, Jesus had gone to the cross and raised from the dead. So if he can pray and change the world's weather, we can change the world climate through our prayers. Know who you are. And walk in it. Go to that job tomorrow with your head up. With a song in your heart. Prayers under your mask. Come on. How you doing today? On that computer. Holy Ghost, he's a genius. He'll make you look like one if you'll follow him. I follow him on my job to do my job. Don't, not looking for shortcuts, looking for the wisdom of God to do it more effectively and efficiently. Come on. Not, not trying to be lazy and get paid for nothing, but I'm, I'm, I'm worthy of the labor. I'm worthy of the hire. Come on. Lord, make my worthiness, increase my worthiness on this job and in this family. As, you, come on. As the husband, as the wife, as the parent, as the grandparent, increase my value that when I'm dead, they'll bless my memory. Come on. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my prayers will still be in effect to the great, great, great grandchildren I'll never meet. This world will feel the effects of Jesus in my life. As you draw closer to him, that influence increase. I'm not talking about popularity. I'm talking about influence, true influence. You can change a life, change a nation. Come on, join us standing as Courtney leads us into this song of use me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And as you, as you sow, go ahead. You got something? Go ahead. As you sow, sow. We're not going to do a traditional way, but sow as the Lord leads you. Honor the Lord with your tithes and your offering and sing unto the Lord. I, I believe that this is something that the Lord has for us as we yield to him about being used by him and giving ourselves away so that he can use us. Go ahead, woman of God, prophetess, speak the that word of the Lord. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. 
For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.